Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. We actually have some, some good news to start Purple Daily with here today before we dive into what's next at Vikings Offensive Coordinator. Our friends at Corona Hard Seltzer have been partners with us since the beginning of football season, and they are staying on board throughout the spring speculation season. Uh, we are cheersing to Corona Hard Seltzer, Declan. Well, I, I always thought Corona Hard Seltzer doesn't have an offseason, and it appears it does not. Uh, it just it, it, it could be in season, it could be playoffs, it could be draft time, it could be free agency, and I am still going to be rocking my Corona hard seltzers. And it doesn't matter if it's negative 15, which is what it was when I stepped outside today. I get the Pure Beach vibes the moment I crack open a Corona hard seltzer. Because it's the only hard seltzer made with those Pure Beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona hard seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. Hey, you held them to 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? Welcome in to the show. This is Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. You can find full episodes every single day. Purple Daily on Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com in audio form. Also, scorenorth.com is just our hub for everything we do. Purple Daily, Mackey and Judd, The Scoop with Doogie, Royce Unchained. Uh, and on YouTube, we've got, I think, over 12,000 subscribers now. So thank you all for helping us jump over that uh, landmark. And you can click that subscribe button and uh, and spread the word by telling some Viking fan friends that we do this and we have fun, entertaining, and sometimes really honest and truthful discussions about a team that we would like to see win a Super Bowl before we all die here. So uh, this is a bit of a breaking news episode because yesterday it came out that Gary Kubiak is officially stepping down and retiring as offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings he uh, he unleashed lavish praise and thanks to the organization and to everybody that he's worked with. Gary Kubiak winds up with a pretty damn good head coaching and coordinating career over the last 25 years and even as a backup quarterback in the NFL. But, Judd, let's start this thing off uh, with Gary Kubiak stepping down. What happens next for the Vikings and offensive coordinator? Is it, is it as simple as 
Well, his son just steps in, Clint Kubiak, and now we got Zimmer's son over here on defense and Kubiak's son over here, and they're going to establish the run and yeah. play some defense. Oh what do you think happens now? So what I think happens and what I would like to see happen are two very different uh, and separate things. What I think happens is exactly what you just said. I think that it transitions from Gary, uh, who's now going to go home to his, I think, ranch in Texas, uh, Do all these coaches just have ranches? Yeah, what's like up with Zimmer's these ranches? got a ranch. The, the old school ones, I think, like the ranch. They like to hunt. They like to kill things. Yeah, I think that they're old school mm-hmm. ones. And of course, our guy Dan Campbell, who I'm sure is killing something right now as we speak, might be a linebacker for all <laughs> I know. No, he's taking out kneecaps on some mammals right now. Dan Campbell doesn't just like football. Dan Campbell loves football. Actually, hold on a second. We got it right here. Is that this team? is going to take on the identity of this city, all right? And the city's been been down, and it's found a way to get up, all right? It's found a way to uh, overcome adversity, all right? And so this team's going to be built on, uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right, and on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing. All right, that's going to be the mentality. You're going to need three. You're going to need three steps. You're going to need a Seth Rollins curb stop three times <laughs> to take the beast out there in Dan Campbell. Yeah, this is like a Brock Lesnar match where yeah. like he gets triple teamed with Am three finishers or something. In saying that, that when I, I was trying to put this into words yesterday, and I couldn't think of the right um, the right thing, but when I hear Dan Campbell talk, it sounds like right before he went to that podium that he like shoved an entire ham down his throat. Oh yeah, and like he's burping it up. He's like, mm, I just ate an entire oh, yeah. ham. Um, yeah, that dude's never had a salad in his life. No. He only eats raw meat. How is Red. this guy not a suspect in like a lot of things too? Oh, he, he might be like by I the end of his Lions coming uh, coming up next on Dateline. A very interesting Detroit Lions coach is questioned. I mean, can you imagine Dan Campbell in in the police box interrogation room? I, okay, I would be terrified to be in, in a room you know, isolated with just him. Oh, I'd shackle him. But here's my other question. I'd we, shackle Dan, Dan Campbell for sure. And we'll get back on the Gary Kubiak, Clint oh, yeah, Kubiak road here that. in a second. Can't but like, myself. why would you give a six-year contract to a guy that might murder somebody? Wouldn't you want to hedge? Like, Did you need to give him a six-year contract? Couldn't you, don't you think he would have agreed to that job for like if, three years? Of course what, he would like, have. Like, what, what, of course he what would leverage have. did he have to, to get six, six years? Nobody gets six years, right? How is this? Like, dude what was gonna... Belichick's first contract with the Patriots? Five, maybe. I don't. Well, and Belichick was on his third stop because the Jets technically were uh, his second stop. But no, you didn't need to give him six. Super weird. If, Super weird. If you if you were a cop and, and brought Dan Campbell in for interrogation, would you not shackle him first thing? A hundred percent. Like, there's no would, way I, that I would allow him use of, of his legs or arms. I bet if you put a tranquilizer shot in his neck, it wouldn't he, affect he, him. He he probably just. He grin, asks for more. Grins and asks for more. Yes. And then he bites your kneecap off. Dan Campbell doesn't just like football. Dan Campbell loves football. Yeah. So, so anyway, anyways. let me get back to the Kubiak thing, and I'm going to do it in my best Dan Campbell. I don't Campbell. know that Kubiak loves football as much as Dan Campbell does, and that might be a problem for the Vikings. A, a lot of people don't. It's a small list of men on this earth who love. I bet you 
that Dan Campbell has eaten a football before. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know how some people like like taco salads? They come in in a yeah. like a shell bowl. Football. I'm sure he's replaced football that bowl. with a football, and he takes he takes the tomatoes and lettuce out, and it's just meat, and it's all football. Yeah. So as far as the Kubiak thing goes, my fear is that um, the Vikings are going to do what Phil was talking about, which is Clint's been the quarterbacks coach now since. Gary joined the staff to be basically a helper to Stefanski in 2019. And that Clint is now going to be promoted. And that seems like the simple thing. And it seems like, in my opinion, the lazy thing. But here's why I think it's going to happen. If you are a young OC, or forget young, if you are an OC with ideas, right? Like it's 2021 now. You got ideas. Oh, my God, you've got Justin Jefferson, really? Oh, my God, you've got Dalvin Cook, but he can be used in a lot of different ways. Really? You've got Irv Smith Jr. is a really nice play. You know, Mike, can I sit down and talk to you about my philosophy for offense? Here are my ideas. Like, we are going to open things up. Like, you, you your, your run-to-pass splits last year, not near sufficient. We're going to reverse those things. And I've got a lot of ideas. And then Mike looks at me, and he's like, you know Dan Campbell? I'm like, yeah, Mike, he's crazy. Mike goes, so am I. And what I love is to eat footballs, and I run footballs, and that's what I do. Like, like after after Flip in 2018, who's going to want the OC job here? Who's got ideas? I think you've hit on something really important here, and that it doesn't seem like – when, when Mike Zimmer first took the job and brought in Norv Turner, I thought, oh, this is – okay, this is Mike Zimmer knowing that He's the defensive expert, but as the CEO of the team, he's bringing in somebody that has head coaching experience and in can mold an offense. And then Norv Turner called too many seven-step dropbacks for Teddy Bridgewater, and those guys got into shouting matches and fights, and that relationship blew up. And then a little further down the road, you bring in John D. Filippo to come in there, and, and okay, well, he's got his own offensive ideas, and they involve passing a lot, right? And it's like instead of creating this open environment for smart people to bring their offensive ideas and philosophies that might even just be a little bit of a shock to your system. Sure. He's looking to bring in someone that just does exactly what he wants and then he doesn't have to deal with it. Correct. And that that's what I want to see change. And I just don't But I don't think you're going to see a change. Part of me wants to think he's been here for 7 years. He kind of knows that like he's on thin ice even though he signed a contract extension like this if things go south this year but I think he truly believes the best way to win football games is to bolster that defense back up and hand the ball off 50% of the time in 2021. Um, the, the the teams, by the way, that are playing this weekend in the AFC and NFC championship games mm-hmm. in terms of run percentage, okay, run percentage, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were 28th in run percentage. The Kansas City Chiefs were 23rd. And the Buffalo Bills were 21st. All of them ran the ball less than 40% of the offensive snaps. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are kind of right there with the Vikings. The Vikings were sixth highest run percentage. Packers were seventh highest run percentage. And so the Packers have said, listen, we're going to take a little bit of the edge off Aaron Rodgers there, and it's working for them. But the other teams in front of the Vikings, one of them is Baltimore, and their run percentage is higher because Lamar Jackson just takes off 15 times a game, right? Yes. So I, I think my just to sum up my issue, I would like to see the Vikings continue to run the ball as needed, but I don't want to see them run the ball as their main strategy for taking leads and winning games. Like, I want to see them be more dynamic in the passing game early on, 
take more chances, leverage Justin Jefferson's skill set more often, Irv Smith, like, use your passing game as a tool to take leads early more often, and then use your running game as a weapon to maintain those leads in the second half. The Vikings' offense is currently run. One is done... In the Packers' case, it's done because they've got an offensive guy who understands exactly what he wants and, and you know, crafts that, right? Offense to Zim is, I want you to do it this way, and then we're done. So it's basically to me to also in watching what Mike wants from his offense in this era now. And right now, this coach is actually successful in basketball, but he was not here, and his offense didn't make sense. It's tips. It's Tibbs. It's like I've got this. I've got this way, and you're like, but Tibbs, that's from 1998 or something like that. And he's like, I, I don't care. It worked then. It's going to work no. now. And you're like, no, the game changed. The other problem too, though, and this is at some point in time, and I know that you know Norv to Shermer to Flip uh, to Stefanski have all left at different times, and there have been different reasons for why they've departed. But at some point in time, Zim got this job in 2014. He is now what? He is now going to be on his sixth OOC. This becomes a referendum on you. Like, you can't lose. You're firing guys. Guys are quitting, and then guys leave. And I'm sure that Mike would say, yeah, but Shermer got a head coaching job. Stefanski did, too. But that's all great. But Norv, if nothing else, stormed out the door. You fired Flip before a season was done. And by the way, he tried to put Kirk in shotgun and run a modern offense and Kirk struggled, and you basically said, run more. And the other problem, too, and this is why I think they're going to go with Clint Kubiak, and I don't like it, but I think it's why, is Kirk is going to be on his fourth OC in Minnesota in four years. So you you basically brought a QB in, and every year you have now changed the main guy that he is communicating with as far as who runs yeah. his offense. The only one I can really rip him for, though, is the, is the DiFilippo move, where, like, they just— they just read no, that one wrong. But I'm saying I think Clint Kubiak gets this job because they're they will not now bring in, in a guy who will again come in and say, I know Stefanski did, did this and Gary basically did the same exact thing and I'm changing yeah. it. Yeah. And for the record, I don't I am not calling for an overhaul of a system that Kirk feels comfortable in. If your plan is to go forward with Kirk Cousins, I think the worst thing you can do is say, All right, we're gonna we're gonna do what we did with John D. Filippo and just like throw something completely new at him for the first time. I think it's smart to maintain most of what you're doing systematically, but I just think you need to skew more toward being aggressive and throwing the ball more in certain situations, ideally in the first half and ideally on like second and short. So I, I think, so I guess what I'm saying is whether Clint Kubiak is the coordinator or you bring in somebody else to run a similar system. Jay Gruden's name is out there, even though we question uh, what kind of relationship him and Kirk Cousins currently have. Yeah, that might not After work. how the Washington team. How about Hugh ended. Jackson? I think, I mean, he, boy. He just talked to Pittsburgh about, I he, think, their offensive coordinator job. I think he's a little bit too. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm not going. I was kidding. He's I Okay, Hugh Jackson. So I, I think my point is, I think there's, there's more you can maximize with the system you're running mm-hmm. to be more aggressive and to have more uh, upside to score more points without overhauling everything completely. And if Clint Kubiak is the guy to help do that, great. But I just wonder if, like, Clint Kubiak, you know, there's a 30-year, 35-year age gap between him and Mike Zimmer. How much is Mike really going to – and he has no experience. Like, he's been an NFL coach for, like, four years, you know. 
He's and and he like he was a Kansas wide receivers coach when Mike Zimmer was in his second year on the job in Minnesota. Yeah, and he was so, here as like a quality control guy. I think in Les's last year, maybe Mike's first year, he was. But that, I mean, he's a, he's young. But like, how is is he going to walk into a room at age thirty three with very little experience if he becomes the coordinator and say, Mike, we need to do this, this, oh, and hell this? No, no. Like, I worry that it's just Mike Zimmer trying to find someone to be submissive and not bring new ideas to I the think, table. I think the fair concern about this, if they go the Clint Kubiak direction, is that they would be doing it for all the wrong, not right reasons. Like, if they said, our offense is really great and it's up to date and blah, 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 and this, this transition's perfect, right? But I think that Mike will turn to Clint, one, because if Clint gets the job, in some way, I'm sure Gary will stay involved. He might not be there a ton, but he would definitely stay involved and probably be a sounding board. Uh, and second of all, though, I think it's because they know that Clint Kubiak wouldn't um, go away from what Mike wants. And that's my problem. My problem is it feels like Mike wants to put the offensive philosophy on autopilot and walk away and be like, okay, now it's time to plan for defense. Yeah. And I don't think that that's a realistic thing with the way that this league has gone. Yeah. Um, real it's qu- basketball, right? Like it's Tibbs. It's Tibbs. It's it's the same thing, which is this is how I like to do it. And you're like, but Tom, it doesn't work that way now. Like the rules have changed. Things have changed. Guys yeah. shoot threes a lot. I think you have to ask yourself because there's in sports, there's always a blueprint for what works. And if you're the one that's creating the new blueprint, then then that's awesome. The Vikings certainly aren't creating a new blueprint, right? They're they're working off a blueprint that already exists, which is ball control. They try to work time of possession. Sometimes it doesn't work as well as they want to, and they play defense. And the teams that are and and they and and they and they've got a quarterback that's fine, but he's not you know Hall of Fame level, and he's certainly not on a rookie contract. Okay, well, who are the other teams that are working that same formula? The Rams, the Titans, the the Colts to some extent. There's probably a couple other teams out there. And those are playoff teams, and that's that's great. Like that's the next step for the Vikings now that they missed the playoffs. Sure, but I don't really care that like like ten and six and a divisional round game is is fine. Like that makes them relevant again. I just wonder if the Rams, the Colts, and the Titans, and whatever the Vikings are doing, um, the Bears have sort of followed that same path, right? I don't know that you can win a Super Bowl doing that in a league where these teams that have, that have Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen are just throwing haymakers offensively. Like, I don't know Diggs. that you could do it. The number one defense, a team that looks like what the Vikings want to be, yep. just played the Green Bay Packers in a playoff game and got their asses kicked. So what does that tell you? So I, and, I so, and so it's at this point in the podcast that, that somebody pulls up a statistical page from 2020, right? And starts typing in, yeah, but Phil and Judd, here are the Vikings ranks in DVOA and this statistic and this advanced metric, blah, blah, blah. All right, I'm going to tell you right now, because I know that someone's doing that. I'm going to tell you right now, I want you to do a very important thing. (laughs) And I'm going to simplify this as much as we possibly can. I want you to call up targets for receivers. And I want you to look at Justin Jefferson. And realize that in this era of football, there is no way that you can justify having the amount of targets that Jefferson did and that not being far more. I don't care if he was a rookie or in his 14th year with that skill set, which is so high. And then look at Stefan Diggs and look at where the Bills are right now and what the Bills are doing. Understand, to me, that's probably the most important single offensive statistic going right now. 
because Justin Jefferson is a Ferrari. He is a special car. Yeah. And you basically used him like he was pretty damn good, but and, not great. And, and and the word special is is what you and I agree on here because I did pull up DVOA. I'm on Football Outsiders right there now. There you go. You did it. Right now. That's right. I pull up Football. DVOA. You did it. And the Vikings were eighth in offensive DVOA last year. The Vikings had a good offense. Their defense was not eighth. It was near the bottom of the league. Actually, um, I haven't looked up their DVOA defensively, but Pro Football Focus has them low. Yards per play has them low. Uh, not good. Their offense was the thing that, that you can hang a hat on last year. And and where I disagree with some Vikings fans' evaluation of this is their offense was eighth. That's not the problem. We're talking about Super Bowls here. Let's go down the list of the top DVOA offenses in the NFL this year. This is Football Outsiders ranking based on their analytics, the top offenses in the NFL. Green Bay is number one. Kansas City is number two. And Tampa Bay is number three. What are those three teams? Buffalo is five. Wow. So four of the top five offenses in the NFL, according to to Football Outsiders, are playing this weekend for a chance to to play in and win the Super Bowl. So we can sit here and, like, hand out – Awards for being eighth in offensive DVOA or eleventh in points. The offense was top ten, and that gets you to the playoffs. Maybe if you can fix your defense next year. How do you get that offense to be one, two, three, or five like Green Bay, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and Buffalo? That's what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to to push the Vikings in that direction. It's like, why are you guys ripping the offense? Because it's not first, second, third, or fifth, and it needs to be if they want to win a Super Bowl. It's not modern. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I mean, my it, it's not hard. It's not modern. It's 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 stuck in a time period that worked really really well at one point, but that's not now. Yep. And and look, until you un- fans, I think, or some fans will will say, well, you can't force you can't force the uh, the ball to Jefferson. But yes, you can. Yeah, he's good enough. You can force him the ball. Find ways to use him. Find be creative. There's nothing wrong with that. Like if you look at his targets. You tell me how many great offensive minds going in the game t- today would sit down, look at those stats, and say, "Oh, that's fine." Mm-hmm. They wouldn't. Yeah, they w- They won't. They find ways to do things. And if Kurt and look, here's the thing: worst case scenario, they won't go in, in this direction. But worst case, Phil, you basically call Kirk in and say, "Dude, this is on you." Like Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith. Junior, we've got some really nice parts here. Uh, we are going to scheme up ways and find ways that Dalvin is still going to be important, but he's not going to be the marquee guy now. And we need you to execute this. Worst case, he fails. But you know what? You find out officially then. Yep. And best case, he doesn't fail. And we all say, oh, my God, we were pretty much wrong about yep. that. And, and I think what you'll find, too, is if you lean a little bit more into the ag- aggressive upside of your offense and the passing game side of your offense— I think you'll find that Dalvin Cook doesn't go away. Dalvin Cook no. is probably you know just as good. Maybe he's maybe he's not putting up the exact same yardage, but when the Vikings did this in 2009 when they said, "All right, we're going to we're going to put this a little bit more on Brett Favre in certain spots and Peterson, you're going to your workload's actually going to be a little bit less." Peterson was still every bit the Adrian Peterson dangerous weapon. It was just in selective situations you would you would take the ball out of his hands and put it in Brett Favre's hands and that's why their offense got better. Uh, before we say goodbye on this episode, I do want to I do want to give a, a nod to Gary Kubiak. If this is indeed the end of his career, eighty two and seventy five and a Super Bowl championship as a head coach. He also as a as a head coach and a coordinator combined 
coached 14 top 10 offenses in his career. And so uh, Gary Kubiak, this is not meant to be a huge dump on his philosophy that has been very successful. It's just that the Vikings need a little extra step if they want to get to that top five offense level. Great. So. Backup QB, too, in Denver for you, years. And, and probably not a Hall of Famer, but Hall of Very Good that next year, you think? As far as like a coach? As far as yeah. coaching goes? Yeah. yeah, coaching goes. Yeah. Just rock solid. Yeah, I mean, yep. one of the most underappreciated coaches. Yep. And was a wizard at taking nondescript running backs and turning them into either Hall of Famers or Pro Bowlers or getting those guys paid. The man had a stroke on the field and came back and coached. Yeah. Football. That's you see, right. you guys say Football. he doesn't love the sport as much as Dan Campbell. Let's see. God forbid if Dan Campbell strokes out, let's see if he comes back and coaches. Dan Campbell doesn't just like football. Dan Campbell loves football. All right, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Please hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel and give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts as it helps spread the word about the show. We'll see you guys later.